An American author, lawyer, and poet by the name of Francis Scott Key was near Fort McHenry, and he boarded the British HMS Taunant with an American prisoners of war agent. They were looking to take back um, a Maryland resident by the name of Beans. But as they was on there, they learned some war secrets from the British and weren't allowed to leave until later. So they boarded another truce ship and for the next 25 hours watched the bombardment of Fort McHenry during the Battle of Baltimore on September 13th and 14th. On the morning of the 14th, Key looked up to see a large U.S. flag still flying over Fort McHenry. And it inspired him to write the words to a poem that were eventually put to music and became our nation's national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by this dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. The remaining flag was a symbol to key of the resilience of both his country and the forces at Fort McHenry. So too must we Christians have a fortified relationship with Christ, a strong, firm relationship with Christ that we should live out, but also be able to look back and remember. If you guys will turn with me to Joshua chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4, in just a moment we'll begin in verse number 9, but just a little bit of background for where we are. In the Old Testament, the priests were Israel's main and almost only connection with their God. Um, they, had, they had the Ten Commandments. They knew who their God was. But a lot of the communication and the communing with God and the temple with the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies happened through the priests and the Levites. Nowadays, after Jesus has died on the cross, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And there's the phrase we use in our, our Christian jargon, if you will, um, and it's the priesthood of the believer. Each one of us has that, the ability to come before the throne of grace boldly, boldly. And um, we have that ability to have that close relationship with God. So just as we see here in Joshua chapter 4, they pass the, they cross over the Jordan River, and the priests stand firm in the midst of the Jordan. I think there's an, an analogy I'd like to point out there to our priesthood, the priesthood of the, of the believer, and when it stood firm. Today I'd like to talk to you about the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Let's read Joshua chapter 4 and verse 9. Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, and the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. I won't read much of the story. There's a bit to read, but for sake of time, we'll just stop there and see about where the, the stones were laid, where the priests' feet stood firm in the midst of the Jordan. Um, there are three events in this story that, uh, that teach us about our priesthood, how our priesthood should be, how it should stand firm, and even prerequisites for it. The first is that prerequisite. It's a step in the Jordan, a step in the Jordan. This is where we, in, in our day and age, should take heed unto ourselves and make sure that we are in a state of mind and a state of being that fosters that relationship, that priesthood with God. Um, it was a step of obedience, first of all. It was a step of obedience. In chapter 3, back in chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. There was a command given to these priests to stand in the Jordan. They had to obey in order to stand there. Um, and so in our Christian lives, there should also be an obedience. See, uh, for the children of Israel, there, 45 years earlier, they had an opportunity to obey, and did not. And they didn't have a priesthood that stood, stood firm, if you will, in the midst of the Jordan. Instead, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. There must be first an obedience before we can have that close relationship with God. Um, 
I remember there was an evangelist named Scott Pauley I heard one time, and he, as he spoke on spiritual growth, he said, you are stuck at the last place you refuse to obey God. You can't move any further. You can't move into the promised land until first there's that step of obedience. It was also a step of faith. Chap, uh, verse 15 of chapter 3, And as they that bear the ark were come into the Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth its banks all the time of harvest. This was the time when the Jordan was the biggest, the most water, the most current, the deepest. And so in order to cross, they had to have a faith that God could do what God said he would do and set the waters up in a heap. Same thing with our Christian life. As we live our Christian lives, there needs to be a daily faith, a daily trusting in God and who he is, what he can do, in order for us to have that firm priesthood that we'll see in just a moment. So we have the, the step in the water, but we also have a stand in the Jordan. A stand in the Jordan. This is where we learn who God is and what he does. This is where we get to see the Jordan River stand up and on a heap. This is where we get to commune with God. If you will, this is our daily walk with the Lord and his word and in prayer. First, it was a stand for a while. Chapter 4, verse 10 and 11 says, For the priest which bare the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. We'll stop there. This was a quantity of time. They had to stand in the midst of the Jordan until the entire people of Israel had passed over. At least 40,000 we see in verse 13 where it says about 40,000 prepared for battle had passed over. So that had to be quite a long while. We only have in Sunday mornings about 400 something, I believe, in, uh, in here. And so multiply that times 10 with all the kids and have them all walk across the Jordan. It's going to be a while. And they're going to have to stand there bearing the Ark of the Covenant for a while. Don't be ashamed to spend an ample amount of time with God. In fact, I, I think it might even be wise to put it onto your calendar and your schedule. So often we get so busy and we forget to spend time with God. I, myself, include him in guilty of this. But let's, why not put it on our calendar, just like we would put any other event. Block out some time. And then if somebody says, hey, you want to do something, or you, you are tempted to do something else with that time, remember, oh no, I've got this set aside for God. They stood for a while. They also stood firm. They stood firm. Verse 3 of chapter 4, real quick. And command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of, the jo- of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones. And those stones they would take and place as a memorial. But they stood firm. This is the quality of your time with the Lord. We must be able to be still and know that he is God, as it says in Psalms chapter 46. So when you show up with the, for those appointments with God, Put away all distractions as best as you can. Maybe find a place where your kids aren't nearby. Um, Put away your phone. Turn it off. Put it out of reach even. And spend that time with the Lord without distractions. Sometimes it may even take calming of your mind. But stand firm. Stand still in the Jordan. And then lastly, the last event. Step in the Jordan. Stand in the Jordan. Stones in the Jordan. This is where we remember what we learned. We can do writing something down, memorizing, meditating, as we spend that time with the Lord and we begin to know him, just so we can think on him, our father, our friend, throughout the day. It was to remember in the battle. In verse 13, like we said before, about 40,000 prepared to go into battle. And Jericho was just in sights. It's where they were going next. Today we have a spiritual battle that we will also need a firm priesthood to be able to fight. To get victory, we have to have a relationship with the Lord. It is impossible to do right without him. For without faith, it is impossible 
to please him. And so we must have that firm priesthood to be able to, to go in the hard times, in the battle, when things get tough, when temptation or trials come our way. But it was also, they were stones to remember in the land. Stones to remember in the land. Whenever the battles had done, they had conquered what they were to conquer, and they were living in a land that flowed with milk and honey. These are the good times. These are the times where their children, it says later on, are passing by. Um, let's see, verse 21 of chapter 4. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Down to verse 24. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Forever, even in the easy times. Easy times are no excuse to lessen our connection and our relationship with God. In fact, it's probably a reason to do it more, to praise Him for all how good He's been to us, to prevent us from falling to temptation when things seem easy, just like the Israelites sometimes did. So we must remember that our priesthood's not only for the hard times in the battle, but also for the easy times in the land. We've seen the step in the Jordan, the standage in the Jordan, and the stones in the Jordan. And I hope they can help us remember about the priesthood of, that we have today. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave, or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Praise God that the star-spangled banner still stands for a country. I would guess that there are still stones from that event that stand either in the Jordan or just outside as a memorial for the people of Israel somewhere. I pray also that we have a priesthood that stands firm, a connection with our God that is strong, stands for a while, that we can look back on and remember in the hard times and the easy times, that we can look back and remember the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Hey, well, it's so good to be back home and to be able to see everybody's faces again. Uh, I just got to say thank you so much for praying for me this summer I was, as I was traveling uh, with Neighborhood Bible Time. Uh, it was such a wonderful time, but I just got to say once again, Thank you so much for all your support and for your prayer. Well, tonight, I want to preach a message on the water that Jesus gives. The water that Jesus gives. You see, I remember when I got saved, before I was saved, or, or sorry, before I got saved, I remember I tried to find a way to satisfy my soul. I tried to find peace. I tried to find um, all these different things. But can I tell you one thing, my friend? No matter what I try to find it in, I never could find that peace that I so longed for. Because the one reason why I didn't have that peace and the reason why I had that thirst in my heart that I could not quench with no, uh, with no drug, no alcohol, no uh, friends, nothing. Not money, nothing at all. But I found it in the one person of the Lord Jesus Christ who is able to quench the thirst of your soul. And as I, as I think about that, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I think about yesterday as well when we were at the uh, fun spot. I remember Miss Crystal told me, she was like, all right, look, we're going to give out a bunch of cups, and these cups you can get unlimited refills with. And uh, look, I'm very thankful I got that because, man, it was hot. <laughs> it was very hot yesterday. I think it was like 97 degrees. Man, it was really blowing. Uh, but anyways, but, and I just kept going back. I was like, man, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And no matter how many times I went back, I was always thirsty. And can I tell you something, my friend? No matter how many times you go into the world or wherever you try to look outside of Jesus Christ, not even in your religion, you'll never find it. It's only in the person of Jesus Christ that you can find that. And we'll see that in John chapter 4. So if you'll turn there to John chapter number 4. 
And as, you, as you're turning there, I'd just like to say this, that God wants you to come and take of the water that He gives. God wants you to come and take of the water that He gives. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, before I begin to read, I'd like to just take a moment and a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've given me, Lord, to preach the Word of God. Lord, I need your help. And God, I'm, I'm not anybody special, but Lord, I pray that you'd be lifted up and that you would use me in the way that you would, uh, in, the, in the way that you'd use me, Lord. Thank you so much once again for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we look at John chapter 4, uh, we see here how uh, Jesus, he goes, to Gal- he goes into uh, Galilee, and then he goes later on, and he goes into Samaria. You know, it's interesting, when he goes into Samaria, none of the Jews go that way. They go around Samaria. They don't want to go into Samaria. They don't want to be around the people of Samaria. They just, they don't like him. They hate him. And they do everything as possible to avoid him. But the Bible says, Jesus said that it must needs be that I go through Samaria. And he went through. And he went at the sixth hour of the day. And when he went there, he went to see one person. Think about that. One person. One person. Can I ask you a question? What about you? What are you going to do about your sin? Can I tell you something? That Jesus Christ is the only one who can quench the thirst of your soul. You can try to search for it in everything you want. But can I tell you something? You'll never find it. You'll never find it. And as we see in this passage of Scripture, we'll begin reading in verse number 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir... Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and go hither. The woman answered and said, said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no, no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that says thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say then in Jerusalem, in the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, ye know not what we know that we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. And skip down to verse number 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And that is the most amazing thing that Jesus just said right here. Right here, He said, I am the one. I'm the one that you're calling Messiah. The Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament that would come. He said, I am he. And you know what's interesting is this is, as God, as we see this in the passage of Scripture, I want you to know this. Number one, the reason why that God wants you to come and take of this water is because He knows your need. He knows your need. You see, in verse number 12, the Bible says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? So this is what Jesus tells her, okay? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
And as Jesus tells, as Jesus tells her this, we see this first that he sees a physical need. You see, just as you get thirsty for water, you keep going back. You want more water, more water. And, and obviously throughout your life, I hope you get thirsty and you want more water. I know some of you people like to just drink coffee only. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but I heard about him. No, <laughs> no, but you see, and you keep going back. And that same illustration with that, you see, Jesus is the only one who can quench that thirst. And that's why he makes this illustration, because he sees her spiritual need. He, he sees not only that, but also her spiritual need. You see, when Jesus sees his, her spiritual need, he looks at her and he tells her, But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And, he, and he, Jesus tells her this because, listen to me, friend, she's searching for satisfaction. She has five husbands, my friend. Listen to me. She's looking all these directions. She has religion. She has all those adulterous things, the lusts, all these things. Well, let me tell you something, friend. She never finds it. And she keeps coming to the well. She keeps coming to the well. And as she keeps coming to the well, a day that she never expected, she met the one who can save her soul, that can forever change her life and give her everlasting life. And you know what's interesting is Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus didn't say that the pastor was the way. He didn't say that baptism was the way. He didn't say that the church was the way. He didn't say that your good deeds was enough and that that's the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't go to God without Jesus. And without the shed blood that he shed on the cross for your sins. When he was buried and he rose again. And he gave you everlasting life. And here's the thing. You may be sitting here thinking to yourself today. You may be thinking, Brother Alex, but man, you don't know the sins I've committed. You don't know the things I've done in my life. You don't understand, Alex. God, he, Jesus wouldn't have came to me. Let me tell you something, my friend. Jesus went all the way to Samaria to meet one. And you know what's even better? Jesus went all the way to the cross for you. And that's even better than Samaria, friend. He went to the cross to pay for your sins. If you were the only person in the world here today, He would have came just for you and to lay down His life to die for your sins. The Bible said in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world. Friend, world, I mean, yes, it applies to the whole world, but listen to me, friend. What about you? For God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus Christ can give you everlasting life. He already gave his only son, the Lord Jesus. And the only true satisfaction and peace, it comes when you realize, I'm a sinner. I'm a need. I, I need a savior. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way. And I'm going to place my faith and trust in him alone for when he shed his blood on the cross, when he was buried, and when he rose again. And friend, that's when the, that's when the peace comes. It only comes when you have peace with your maker. It doesn't come when you try it on your own. And see, here's the thing. Jesus, when you realize that, and you repent of your sins, you change your mind and realize, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior, and you do that. He'll save your soul. But not only does uh, Jesus want you to come and, and come and take of the water, 
because of those, because of he sees your needs, but also number two, because he wants you to, because he wants you to. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and the Bible says, and he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. And like I said, the, the, you know, they, the, the Jews, they didn't go to Samaria. They didn't want to go there. They didn't, they didn't want to be there. But Jesus did. Jesus wanted to be there. And friend, Jesus wants to be there with you. He wants you. He wants you to come to the water. He's tired of looking at you, my friend, as you, you keep trying to go back to that same water and you know you're not getting nothing from it, my friend. You're longing that peace, that satisfaction that you know you don't have. And some of you today, I'm sorry to say this, listen to me, I'm not going to make anybody doubt your salvation, but man, if you're not even sure that you're saved, you need to get it settled. Some of you have religion. But I got to tell you something, my friend. Jesus is the only way. Don't Stop depending on your, on your family's faith. Stop depending on other people's faith. Stop depending on your good works, your good deeds, my friend, because Jesus is the only way. And that's why when Jesus went to the cross, that's how you go to God. You start here, you go through the cross, and you go to God. And because Jesus is the only way. The Bible says in Isaiah 118, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And look, my friend, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if your sin can be double stained. <laughs> double stained. Have you ever seen, uh, maybe you drop wine on something or, uh, or sorry, excuse the wine, the wine thing, sorry. I mean, blood, like let's say, let's use the illustration of blood. And let's say it's on a white shirt. My friend, let me tell you something. I don't drink wine, by the way. <laughs> All right. I'm, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> anyway, so, but let me just tell you something, though, my friend. That it doesn't matter if it's... See, the Bible, when it talks about that, he's not just talking about stained once. It's double stained. And that stain, no matter how hard you try to get that stain of sin off, you're not getting it off. You can try all you want, but can I tell you something? The Bible said right there, it said, shall be as wool, as white as snow. And I just have to tell you one last thing is this. What's holding you back for coming and taking of the water that Jesus gives. Thank you. Well, good evening. As you all know, my name's Chase. Um, but I want to say thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach. Um, it's a real blessing uh, to get to preach in my home church. Uh, I've been here for 20 years. Um, so it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, but it's been good. Um, but uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, and I'll give you an introduction uh, so you can find it. But we see here in chapter 42, we see uh, the context of chapter 42. It ends with uh, the, uh, God's sorrow. Uh, it ends with God's sorrow over the spiritual decay um, of his people. And then we see that chapter 43, it goes from God telling his people that despite their spiritual failure, despite their their sins, despite their transgression, which is amazing, he still loves them. Uh, we see here that despite the things that they have done in their life, despite the, the sins of this world, uh, the sins of, of them in their life, God still loved them. And we see here today that, that God still loves us. Though our spiritual decays, those are sins in, in our life, God still loves us. And I can't wrap my head all around that, but if I did, then he wouldn't be God. 
And we see here that he loved them and he wants them to come back to him. And tonight, if you say, Chase, I have done wicked things, I have, I have sinned a, a terrible sin, the Lord loves you. The Lord wants you to come back to him. And what he should, what he should give us is, is wrath. And, and that's what we deserve. We deserve hell. We deserve his wrath. And we see here that he didn't give wrath to him. And we see in our life that he didn't give the outpouring wrath that he, we deserve to us. He gives love. He gives, uh, he, he gives us love instead. He gives us grace. He gives us mercy. And I thank the Lord for that. And we see here that he did this because he wanted people to know that only God could do it. He wanted people to see that only God could give them love instead of wrath. And we see here in Isaiah 43... I'll be quick here. Isaiah 43, 1 through 13. It says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I, am with it, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. Thy Savior I gave Egypt for, the, for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the west, or I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons far from, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and death that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled, who among them can declare his this and show us former things, let them bring forth their witnesses, that they, may, that they may be satisfied. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. Ye are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed. When there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let us? Before we get into it, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the privilege to be behind this pulpit. Lord, just thank you for letting us... Be here tonight, Lord, in your house. Lord, I, I take it, uh, just, Lord, please just help us, Lord, tonight. Lord, use us. Lord, use me. Lord, please just help me to say the words you want me to say, and nothing less and nothing more. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be talking about, my title of the message is, Be My Witness. And we see here that, we see the, the chapter 42, it ends with the, uh, the sorrow of the spiritual decay, just like I said. But we see here that, the first verse, it says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. My first point here today is I have redeemed thee. 
The Lord has redeemed us. In verse 1, he's redeemed us. But we see here that he's, he's redeemed us from our transgression. In Isaiah 44:22, it says, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. We see here in Isaiah 44, 22, it says there, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. Tonight, he has blotted out your transgressions. If you're not saved here today, you need to get saved. Just like Brother Alex was talking about, it's something important. And that, that day that I got saved was important to me. And I thank the Lord coming through my room that day and, and saving my soul. And we see here that he has blotted out our transgressions as a thick cloud. He, he, he's, he's blotted out the sins. He's, it says here, return unto me, for I, have par, uh, for I have redeemed thee. We see here that he has redeemed us. Tonight, friend, if, if you are not saved here today, he has redeemed you. Friend, today he has, he has loved you. We see here that uh, in chapter 42 that the spiritual decay of, these, of his people, we see here that he loved them. We see here today, if, if, you're not, if you're a sinner, if you're not saved here today, he loved you. He's, he's redeemed us from our wicked thoughts. Isaiah 55, 7, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. It says there that, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. The Lord has redeemed us from our thoughts, from our wicked thoughts. We see here that he is going to be, he's going to, apart, he's going to pardon us. He's going to be abundantly pardon us. Today, have you accepted his redemption he has given to you? Have you accepted Christ? Today, have you accepted the redemption? We see here, number two, I have called thee. In verse one, it says, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, but also I have called thee. He's called us today. He's called us by name. We see here after it says, I have called thee, it says, by thy name. He's called us by thy name. If you, friend, if you're a, a, a Christian here today, he has called you by name. Amen. Isaiah 45, 3-4, it says, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, and am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. He has called us today. We see here that He has called us by our name, but also He has called us because we are His. If you're saved here today, you are His. And verse 1 also says, I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. He has called us because we are His. In Isaiah 44, 21, it says, Remember these, O Jacob, and Israel, for thou art my, uh, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant, O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. It says right there that we are His. He has formed us. But also right there, it says, Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. We also, we're called by Thy name. We're called because Thou art mine. But here, we are called because ye are a witness of Him. We see here not only that the Lord loved them, not only the Lord, excuse me, not only the Lord uh, gave them mercy and grace, He also wanted them to come and be a witness for Him. We see here uh, this morning that pastor preached. We see there that the disciples were looking up to heaven and saying, why, why didn't the disciples go with Jesus? 
And, and Pastor said, because they need to be a witness for him. And we see here in Isaiah 43, 10 through 12, or 10 and 12, it says, Ye are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Also in verse 12, it says, I have declared and have saved and I have showed. When there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witness, saith the Lord, that I am God. Also in Isaiah 44, 8, it says, Fear, not, fear, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and I've declared it, ye are even my witness. We are a witness today for, for Christ. You might say, Chase, I wasn't called to be a pastor. I wasn't called to be a, a, a Christian school teacher. I wasn't called to be a youth pastor. Friend, but when God saved you, He called you to be a witness for Him. He's called you uh, to be a witness for Him. He's called you to a witness in your work. I won't see the people that you see. I won't see the people on the, uh, when the week comes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I will not see those people. You will want to see them. And you won't see the people that I work with. You won't see the people that I go to college with. You won't see the people that I work with in Tennessee. But you'll see the people that you work with. And you need to be a witness for, to them. Lastly, number three, it says, I will be with thee. In verse 2 and 5, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And in verse 5, it says, Fear not, for I am with thee. It's saying there in Deuteronomy 31, it's 6 and 8, it says, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord God, for thy God, he is that doeth good with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And the Lord, he is that doeth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. It's saying right there that he's going to go before us. He's with us. But friend, also he's going before us. And we see here that in, in, verse, in verse 2 it says, I, have, I will be with thee through the rivers. Though you might have things in your life, he will be with you through those things. He will be with you through those rivers. He will be with you through those waters. It says in verse 2 also, I will be with you through the, the rivers. Thou shalt not overflow thee. But also, before that, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And we see here that not only that he'll be with you through the waters, through the rivers, and they might overflow you, yes, but he's with you. But we see here in verse 2 also, it says, Through the fires. It says, I will be with thee, and through, the, uh, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fires, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. This reminds me of Daniel chapter 3, 25 and 27. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was a hair of the he their head sins, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of the fire had passed on them. We see here that he's with the, he, he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fires. And just like them, he will be with you through the fires. Though you might have trouble, you might have sin in your life, and you say, Chase, I can't get over this sin, I can't, I can't get over this. He will be with you. Through the, through the trials, through the, through the thing you might have, your, your family members might have uh, a sickness, an illness, 
You might have car trouble. You might have something in your life that's going to hinder you from the work of God. But let me tell you, friend, the, the Lord is with you. In closing, you might ask, Chase, how does this all apply to me? Well, this can apply to, you, to the unsaved and to the saved. To the, to the unsaved, the Lord loves you. The Lord cares about you. He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for our, our sins. That's how much He loves you. Why not just accept this free gift? Why not? It's a free gift to all. We see here to the saved, He has called you. If you're saved here today, He has called you by thy name. He has called you to be a witness. We see here that He called these people to be a witness for them, for God. And we see here that He called the deaf and the blind. We see here that He called everyone to be a witness. But we also see He's with us. He's with us through the calling. He's with us. He's with us through, uh, through the redeeming. And He's with us through the fire, through the water, through the rivers. Thank you.